Well, I would just say wow, but I think hallelujah is actually more appropriate than wow. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that's great. You know, this past Friday night, we celebrated the crucifixion of Jesus. Sounds strange to celebrate a crucifixion, doesn't it? But the Bible tells us that it was by that crucifixion that our sins were placed on Jesus and they were paid for. And so we do celebrate it. That's the reason we call it Good Friday. But today we celebrate the culmination of that. And you know, there are a lot of people who did die and a lot of people who did die on a cross. So that in itself was not unique. Now, of course, it was unique that Jesus was our sin bearer and that he took our sin upon himself and died on the cross. But what was truly unique was the fact that he did not stay dead. (laughs) He rose from the dead. At the cross, we see the justice of God, the holiness of God, and the love of God very clearly displayed. But at the resurrection, at the empty tomb, we see the mighty power of God, and we also see the confirmation of God, the fact that God accepted the payment that Jesus made on the cross, and and he affirmed it by raising him from the dead. Nobody else has ever been raised from the dead. There's some people been resuscitated from the dead, and they died again, but Jesus alone was raised to never, ever die again. We read the New Testament. We find that the Stories, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, they all tell the story of the life of Jesus. Some of them, they start talking about his birth and about his temptation in the wilderness, his testing, his baptism, and things like that, his marvelous teachings, his miracles, but they all are moving toward something. They're all moving toward the cross, the tomb, and the empty tomb. That's where they're all going. And when you Read the, the sermons in the book of Acts. That's where they're also going. That Christ died on the cross. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Every sermon in the book of Acts. Every one of them. You just check them out. Every sermon in the book of Acts moves toward the fact of the glorious resurrection of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul in his letters And I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 today. And we'll start with verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. It's a great, great passage. We read it a lot at funerals, but uh, uh, it's uh, appropriate for every place, every time. Verse 3, for I delivered to you, Paul saying to the Corinthians and to us, I delivered to you as a first importance, What I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that is, as it was prophesied, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Now, that's basically the gospel. Paul says, this is the gospel that I preach. This is what I receive. This is what I've told you. This is the gospel. You cannot be saved. You cannot be right with God. You cannot be born again without believing 
that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and that on the third day he rose again from the grave. That's absolutely essential. Now, there were some people there in Corinth who were doubting the resurrection. They were doubting their own resurrection, whether, whether we would be raised from the dead, and they were doubting whether Jesus had been raised from the dead. And so, beginning in verse 12 of that same chapter, Paul says, Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection, then Christ hasn't been raised. If, if we're not going to be resurrected, then Christ wasn't resurrected. And if Christ has not been raised, listen to this, then our preaching is in vain. And your faith <laughs> is in vain. We are found, even found, to be misrepresenting God. Because we testify about God that he raised Christ. Whom, obviously, he didn't raise if the dead aren't raised. For if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised. And then verse 17, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, empty, worthless, meaningless, and you are still in your sins. And those who have fallen asleep in Christ, those who have died, as Christians, if Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, they've perished. For if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus is the central focus of the Christian message. Now, I mean, some people say, well, no, I, I thought the cross is the central message. The two really can't be separated. The cross is uh, a precedent to the resurrection. And the resurrection is the culmination of the cross. So the two go together. But that is the basis in the Christian life. It's the basis for our faith. It's the basis for our hope. And it's the basis for our love. That's what I want us to think briefly about this morning. It's the basis for our faith. He says, we believe that Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. According to the scriptures. That's what we believe. That's, our, that's what we base our life on. And he says, if that's not true, then we're just fools. If, if the resurrection of Jesus didn't happen, then we are liars, we are, we are crazy people, and we are wasting our life. That's how important the resurrection is. And that's the reason that every book in the Bible, every, every uh, gospel and most of the letters of Paul and the book of Acts, all of them focus on and, and emphasize the fact that Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead, never, ever, ever to die again. That's, that's our faith. That's what we believe. And we're told in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, 
and see if I got that right. That if we believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead, and if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. That's the way you become a Christian. The word repentance means to change your thinking. It means to have a, a different mindset. Sometimes we think of repentance as being real sad and crying and, and be, feeling real bad about our sins, and that may indeed happen. That happened when I repented. But the main thing that happens in repentance is I, I think differently. I, I used to think that life was all about me. It was about uh, what I could accomplish, what I could do. And even when I thought about God, I thought about God in a wrong way. I thought of God sometimes. I thought of him as a harsh judge who was watching over me with a club in his hand just to bonk me on the head every time I did something that didn't please him. And then sometimes I thought of him like a glorified Santa Claus who just was up in heaven saying, what do you want? But whenever I repented, I changed my mind about God. I realized that he is holy, sovereign, totally in control of all things, and that he is my greatest threat and my only hope, my only Savior. And when I changed my mind about him, I changed my mind about me, I saw myself as a sinner like Isaiah. I said, Lord, I am a sinful man. I am a sinner. I need a Savior. And then I changed my mind about Jesus. I didn't see him just as a good example to follow. I didn't see him just as a great teacher who taught wonderful things. I saw him as one who died on a cross to pay for my sins and that God raised him from the dead. And so I changed my thinking. I repented a new mind, a different way of thinking. That's what repentance is. And when I repented, then I believed. And my I received. The Bible says many as received him, to them he gave the right, the power, the authority to be called children of God. So I turned from my old way of thinking I believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and that he did it for my sin. And that's when I became a Christian. And so the resurrection of Jesus is the basis for our faith. That, that's what we must believe. And somebody says to me, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in the resurrection. I say, you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian if you don't believe in the resurrection. You can, you can question some things maybe and, and be confused about some things, but you cannot be confused about the fact that God raised Jesus from the dead after he died on the cross for our sins. So it's the basis for our faith. It's also the basis for our hope. 1 Corinthians 13 says, There abides faith, hope, and love. Faith. The resurrection is the basis for our faith. It's also the basis for our hope. The greatest fear that most people have, the greatest enemy that most people deal with, 
is the specter of dying. And I have some news for you that's not new to you. You're going to die. Amen. Isn't that exciting? You're going to die. And uh, I'll probably beat you there for some of you, you know, some of you younger ones. You, you say, well, I, I'm not worried about dying. I'm not worried about it either, but it's going to happen. I had a sunrise service this morning out in the cemetery where I'm going to be buried. I could have walked right down to my, to my burial plot. It's right there. It's just kind of a reminder to me. I mean, it wasn't motioning or anything like that, but it was a reminder to me. You're going you're gonna to celebrate some other Easter services from down here under the ground. But so if in this life only we have hope, then the Bible says we are of all people to be pitied. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it, to... to Invest my whole life trusting in Jesus for this life and to know that it's all going to end when I breathe my last breath. But the message, part of the message of the gospel is that because Christ rose from the dead, we also will rise from the dead. And God's not finished. He's not finished with even this physical body. And when it's placed in the grave or when it's incinerated or, or, or cremated or if it's buried at sea or whatever, when Jesus comes back, he is going to resurrect our body. And I've had people say, well, how's he going to do that? Well, I, that's his business. But I just know he's going to do it. And... uh the dead in Christ, their bodies will rise first. And, be, and then those of us who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds and forever be with the Lord. That's our hope. And the Bible, the word hope, doesn't mean what we usually mean by hope. We use the word hope as kind of a wish, kind of a maybe we say, you know, we, we hope the Cowboys will win a game this year or something like that, you know. Or we hope the, you know, uh, it could happen, it could not happen. But the Greek word for hope has no contingency to it. It's a word of absolute certainty. It's a word of confident assurance. Our hope is in Christ and that means we are absolutely certain that just as surely as he rose, we also will rise with him. Just as surely as he died on a cross, we also have been crucified with him. And just as surely as he rose, we have been raised with him. It's a mystery, but it's a glorious mystery. So it's the basis for our hope. It's the basis for our faith. Everything we believe is anchored in actual certain facts. The Apostle John said, the things we're telling you about, these are not fables that we've heard. These aren't stories we've made up. But he says, these are things that our hands have touched. 
Our eyes saw. We have handled Christ. We are not telling you stories. We are recounting to you absolute certain facts. And so our faith is anchored in the actual resurrection of Jesus. I don't, I doubt, seriously, if we have anybody here today who doubts that Jesus rose from the dead. But if you do doubt it, I want to recommend a book to you. Of course, the Bible is the best book. But there's a book by Gary Habermas, H-A-B-E-R-M-A-S, I think so, called The Resurrection. And it is the best book I've ever read giving historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. Now, I didn't need to read that book to believe it. I read the Bible, and I believed it. But I meet some people from time to time who are honest skeptics. And for honest skeptics, I recommend that book or the book by Josh McDowell called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. That's also a good one. But, again, it's so like preaching to the choir. You know, people who come to church on Easter Sunday morning usually uh, are not doubters. They're here to celebrate and rejoice in the fact that Jesus is alive. But it's the basis for our faith. It's the basis for our hope, our confident hope. Because Jesus rose, we have life. Because Jesus rose, we have a, it's almost like a, a receipt from heaven in which God says, I'm raising Jesus from the dead as a way of absolutely certifying that if the debt he paid on the cross has been accepted in heaven and it is fully accepted. Our sins are forgiven because we've trusted in what he did. So it's the basis for our faith. It's the basis for our hope. It's also the basis for our love. Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. And how did he love us? The Bible says he loved us and he gave himself for us. So what, what's our responsibility as Christians in the world? It's to be directed by love. When Jesus met with his disciples at the Last Supper, he said, I'm giving you a new commandment. I'm establishing a covenant with you in my blood, and I'm giving you a commandment. And when the original covenant was established with Israel, God gave ten commandments, but he also gave 613 other laws. But Jesus said, I, my covenant and my blood, I just have one commandment. It's a new commandment. And it's this, that you love one another. And maybe some of them said, well, yeah, we've heard that before. He said, I'm not finished. That you love one another as I have loved you. That's our that's our command. You know, 
Thursday of Holy Week. They call Maundy Thursday. You ever hear of Maundy Thursday? Well, Maundy Thursdays, the word Maundy comes from the word that means command. And it's based on the fact that Jesus gave that single command to love one another as I have loved you. And so the resurrection is the both the evidence and the power to fulfill that command. I can't love as Jesus loved unless Christ lives in me and he loves through me. The Bible tells us that the love of Christ has been spread out, shed abroad, poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, I not only should love, by His grace, I can love. I can love. And there are times you say, well, but what about, what about people that don't love you? Well, what do you call people like that? Maybe enemies. And Jesus said that. You've heard it said to love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, how did he do that? When he hung on the cross, he loved his enemies. And he said, Father, forgive them. And some of them actually believed in him as he loved them from the cross. You say, well, but I, I can't do that. But he can do that. And Christ in you, Christ in me, is the way, the ability, the power to love. All that comes out through the resurrection of Jesus. His resurrection is the central focus of the gospel. His resurrection is the basis for our faith the basis for our hope, and the basis for our love, and how we rejoice to know that Jesus lives, and he lives in us by faith. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us in such a demonstrable way. Your word says that Christ demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were enemies, and Jesus died for his enemies in order that he might reconcile us and make us his friends and his brothers. And I pray for those who've come here today on this Resurrection Sunday. Father, if there's one or two or three people here who have not repented, changed their way of thinking, and they have not truly believed that Jesus died for them and that he rose again. I pray that you will draw them to yourself today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, 
we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.